What's in a name? Well, more than you would think. We're going to dive into that today, and it's some pretty exciting stuff. I'm Cheryl Sitz, your host for another episode of Exploring Possibilities, where we facilitate quantum shifts in consciousness. It's a big intention, and we love bringing it to you. So thanks for joining us. And thanks for telling your friends our show just keeps growing. We are so grateful for that. Also for your financial support at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. We're using more equipment all the time and it does wear out. So we do have overhead costs and your donations go toward those. So thank you so much for keeping the show going. And now we're live on video as well. So you can catch us on youtube.com slash Cheryl sits for the video interview and on all the familiar locations for the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and more. Our entire archived library is at journeyofpossibilities.com and it's always free to you. So go check out some back episodes. We've got some fascinating people in our library, and we love having you check it out and tell us about it. And coming up, Sharon Lynn Wyeth. Hi, I'm Mario Rosales. You know, if you're a GoDaddy user, one of the things to keep in mind is that when you cancel that account within 90 days, you lose everything. Email, if you're doing hosting, email through them, your website. So here's a little tip. If you haven't done it already, Go ahead and put everything into like a Word document and save it. And if you want to move to another provider, go ahead and give me a call and I can help you rebuild a whole nother website. I use WordPress and that one we can take it anywhere. You don't even have to use my hosting and we can help you out with everything there. Just let me know. Give me a call or contact me at MarioRosales.com. Now, while I was in ceremony in Peru in 2013, I got a hit that I didn't really know what to do with. And that it was this, Mikos from the Library of Porthalagos has a message for you. So I wrote it in my journal and promptly forgot all about it. I had no idea what it meant. And last year I came across that and I Googled it and I got one hit. Diane Robbins, Messages from the Hollow Earth, the channeled messages of Mikos. Her phone number was there, so I called her, and I did an interview with her on the show, and at that time, she gave her blessing for me to create an audio version of that content, because it was so interesting to me. So that's what I'm about to launch. Beginning this coming Thursday, and every Thursday thereafter until I finish, I am going to be reading that book in its entirety on my YouTube channel. So won't you join me? It's youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz, and make sure to register so you don't miss a single minute of it. Sharon Lynn Wyeth is a globally recognized name expert. Now get this, she can determine your strengths, challenges, and life purpose just from your name. I've had it done. I can attest to it. It's pretty powerful stuff. She has founded something she calls Namology Science, which is the study of the placement of the letters in your name. After 15 years of research and three years testing her theories in over 70 countries, she's a best-selling author, radio host, and keynote speaker. She's been on over 400 radio and television shows, so you can imagine how thrilled I was when we got together and she did my name and agreed to come on my show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, I want you to be able to find her online. So Sharon says, know the name, know the person. So you'll find her online at knowthename.com. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Cheryl. Great to be with you. And I love the fact that you start your name with an SH. I Just like you. So we're some smart cookies, huh? (laughs) It means that we treasure freedom. 
Oh, even if it's in the middle of the name, like in Joshua, like it's in the middle, it simply means we treasure freedom. We are fighters for freedom. We want our own. We want other people to have it. We are not possessive of other people. If they go, oh, I got to go, we go fine. And we hang up, you know, that type of thing. (laughs) It's like, it's like, we just treasure our freedom. That's what that means. That's actually been a big part of my work that I do. It's all about empowering the listener or the viewer or my client to have the skills they need to facilitate their own healing, facilitate their own expansion. I love that. Yep. So they have the freedom. And I happen to think knowledge is freedom. Yes, it is. And and when you have the knowledge of being able to interpret somebody's name, you have a lot more of a skill set for yourself because you can immediately compare their name to your name and say, this is a good person for me to interact with, or this is one that I need to run to the hills. <laughs> you were telling me about a couple of those before we got on here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I love to be able to give the listeners something that they can take away and use for themselves. So is there a most common thing that you see that listeners may have in their name that they could recognize for themselves? Okay. So let's just look at the first vowel of the first name, okay? There's only six of them, A, E, I, O, U, and Y, okay? And so the people whose first vowel is an A, they are mentally based, they are time-oriented based, they are workaholics, but they make great couch potatoes at the end of the day. So if you're going to be talking to somebody new that has that first vowel of an A, you get to the point right away. Why did you call? What do you want? What's the purpose? And you don't chit-chat. Because they're like, uh, you're wasting my time. You know, like when somebody comes up and says, hi, how are you? The very first thought they have is, you've already wasted my time. What do you want? (laughs) Okay. I mean, it's just the way the A's work. Okay. Now you do the opposite with the E. The person with the first vowel of an E, if you don't chit chat first, they're saying, what's wrong with me? You know, why didn't they chit chat? Why don't they care about me? And they can't get to work until you've chit chatted. So that's Mario and I in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, literally, I I purposely came on early so that we could talk, Cheryl, before the thing started so I could do my chit-chat with you. (laughs) I mean, I just thought, okay, I'm going to honor the E. (laughs) Okay. So, and it is up to the A to learn how to chit-chat with the E. It is not up to the E to learn how to go directly to the point with the A. Interesting. Okay. So it always says in the name whose responsibility is to adapt to the other one's style. Okay. Then we talk about the I. The I is all about family and the I loves to be included. So when you're going to the grocery store and you have the the I person with you, you go, do you want to go to the grocery store with me? They don't care if they say yes or no. The fact that you ask them, they're happy with. Okay. Okay. And that's very important that they're always included. So every time you leave the house, if there's an I somebody in the house, you say, hey, I'm going here. Do you want to go? <laughs> and, and they just feel loved because you wanted them to be with you, even if they say no, thank you. And it doesn't matter how many times they say no, thank you. They were so happy to be asked. OK, because they always like to be included. And eyes are natural leaders. So like whatever the boss says, people will go to the, person, the first vowel of an I and ask them the question about it instead of the boss, <laughs> you know, because that's the natural leader and they just feel more comfortable doing that. So then there's the O. The O's are the assigned leaders, okay? Mm-hmm. And just like it's the A's responsibility to learn how to talk to the E, it's the O's responsibility to learn to talk to the I's. I's do better working for themselves. 
because they don't take direction well. I love you eyes, but you're very independent. Okay. And then the O's, they need to be the boss. And if they can't be the top boss, they need autonomy in what they're doing. Okay. But the O's naturally nurture everybody around them. They take care of everybody, but they expect loyalty in return. So if you talk badly about them or somebody that they care about, they hold that against you, even if what you were saying was true. It's like, you don't do that. That's not loyal. Okay. And so the O's will take care of you and do a lot for you as long as they feel that you're being loyal in return. And that's very important. And the O's are the only letter out there that can truly juggle multiple things going on in their heads all at one time. The rest of us, we can switch fast between things, but we're one thing at a time, even if we're fast switching between them. But the O's can literally juggle all those balls in the air. They don't ever drop one. Okay. They're the only ones that can honestly multitask. And then there is the, the U. And we're all grateful for the U's because they keep us entertained. <laughs> Whether it's what they're talking about or it's how they're talking about it or what they're willing to do or how they express themselves or what adventure they just had that they're sharing, the U's keep us entertained. Okay. And they have very short attention spans and they'll jump. The conversation goes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're talking to a you, just know that you're going to go round robin before you get back to the first topic and complete it. But it'll be okay. entertaining, right? <laughs> but it'll be entertaining. Okay. And so like in, in a moment, I want to go through the letters real fast, what kind of gifts you give them, because that's all in the name too, to give them the perfect gift. But anyway, the wise, the wise are very unique. They're like the unicorns. Okay. They want to stand out as being different and unique. The wise are the only ones that the O's will listen to. If not, the O's have to be the CEO, okay? <laughs> they will only give it away to the Y. And so the first vowel of a Y, that the only um, little caveat in that is Y's will get revenge if they think something's not fair. They're the most gracious host. You will never know that you did something, but they will find the right place, the right time and the right way, and they'll get back. So you never want to get on the, the wrong side of a Y, okay? Good to know. So, Let's go with gifts really fast because this is the holiday season and a lot of people are exchanging gifts. So the A, first vowel of an A, wants something practical or something that they can learn from. So it's a seminar, a book, you know, uh, something that helps them save time. These are very time-oriented people. Or something that's absolutely gorgeous that they think is gorgeous that they don't mind dusting. Because if it's just something that needs to sit out and get dusted and they don't think it's fabulous, they'll re-gift it. The A's are the best regifters out there. You know, it's not practical. It's not helping me learn. You know, it's it needs to go to somebody who can appreciate this. And they wrap it right back up and out it goes. Okay. So the E's, they have aesthetic eyes. They really will notice if a picture's crooked on the wall, they'll walk by and straighten it out. And they're about physicality. And so you give them a day at the spa. You give them a massage. You give them... So, something that makes them feel good. You give them new clothes, something that they're looking for. You know, it's something around the physical. Okay. And so that's what the E's like. Then you go to the eyes. The eyes always have a list. They do not want you to be creative. They do not want you to think for yourself. They want you to say, what do you want on your list? And then let's say they want a computer. Then you're going to say, what's the brand name? What size screen? How about the keys? Is it, you know, 
Is the mouse attached or independent? You want to ask all the details to get exactly what they want because in their head, they know exactly what they want, even if all the details aren't on the list. But you always buy them something on the list. They could care less how much it costs. They have cheap things on their list. They have expensive things on their list, you know, and everything in between. But they feel loved that you bothered to ask them and you got them exactly what it was. Okay, that's an I. So they're easy to buy for. Then comes the O. The O's are the easiest ones of every year to buy for because they just want your money. The more you give them, the more they feel up. And the reason they want the money is because they have really, really expensive tastes. They want your money and his money and their money over there. And they want to put it all together and get themselves something that's really expensive. Okay, so just write them a check. The bigger, the better. Then comes the U. Again, they have short attention spans. They like new experiences. Take them to a play. Uh, to a new restaurant they haven't gone to, a surprise trip someplace for the weekend, some adventure, something that is a new experience that they have not had the chance to have that opportunity yet. Okay. So the U's always want an activity. They want a new adventure. They got to try new things. And that way they're entertained themselves because they're not bored. Got these short attention spans, take them someplace where they're not going to be bored. Then the why is want something unique that nobody else has. So those are the ones you hand make the gifts when you're traveling someplace and there's something really different that's in that foreign place that's not at home, you get it for them. They want something very unique that nobody else has. That was interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Hopefully we got something from that that we can use for that person that's always challenging on the list to buy for. So I look forward to going home and looking over my list and seeing how that plays out. We kind of jumped <laughs> right in here. So I feel like maybe we want to back up just a little bit for anyone that's not familiar with your work yet. They haven't watched the 400 shows that you've done. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how your life path led you to create the science of namology and how that came through for you. Okay, so I was 26 and I was in my seventh year of teaching and I went to do the seating chart and every good teacher knows you have a seating chart. You do not let the kids sit where they want to sit. Okay, you take charge from day one by telling them where to sit. And so anyway, we just randomly put the names down on the seating chart because we don't know the kids we just have their names. But I noticed that my brain was saying, ah, don't put Joshua next to Julie together. They're going to be clowns separated. They're okay. Stephanie's going to be stubborn. Put her over on the side so you don't have to change your seat very often. Derek's going to need extra help. Put him up close. Anyway, I was doing that. And when I started on the fourth class, because we have five classes in, in middle school and high school, and I started at middle school. And anyway, we had, I started on my fourth class and all of a sudden I went, wait a minute, I don't know these kids yet. This is what my brain does once I know the students. So I thought, okay, what is it that my brain's picked up? I'm going to go back and write down what I'm seeing or what I'm feeling about everybody's name, you know, what my brain is telling me. And I'm just going to put it aside. I want to get to know the kids for who they are. So at Christmas break, when I looked at that, I was astonished at its accuracy. Now, my brain is thoroughly trained in patterns because I was a math major and I have my master's. So I went, okay, my brain has figured out some kind of patterning. So how do I make what's unconscious conscious? So it took me 15 years to figure out all the patterns. I teach it in 15 hours. I think that's a pretty good ratio. <laughs> yeah. And then, anyway, to figure out all the patterns and to put them together. And then, like you said, I went and tested them and to make sure that they were accurate. So that's what started it. And then I kept, as I was figuring things out, 
I kept going after it because that's a long time to work on something is because I realized if I could group the kids according to their names, they got along better. And my, you know, you have to have a very structured class and able to make sure there's not problems, but it became a lot easier to have more unstructured activities and have more group work and those things if I knew how to group the kids. And then it became easier. I became an administrator and I did that for 11 years and it became easier to solve the problems, the fights, the decide who's guilty, who's innocent, who's lying, who's telling the truth. You know, all of that simply by, as I was figuring out the patterns in the name, by what was in the name. And I thought this is valuable. It's worth finishing developing because it can help people. And what's important to one of us is not necessarily important to another. You know, so there is no good or bad name. And we all have gifts in our name and we all have challenges in our name. But what's really important is to know how to compare other names with yours to know where you'll be with that person. That's really interesting. And I follow numerology, so I notice patterns with that. And what you're saying makes total sense because it is patterns. And if the vibration of numbers have significance, then why wouldn't the vibration of the sounds of the letters? And why wouldn't, why wouldn't it be? I mean, it just kind of makes sense to me. Right. Because it is, and we're going to frequency and, and health, frequency and everything. And this, this one, just to be clear of the differences in numerology, you have three numbers that come from the name and three numbers that come from the birthday. So you have six data sets yes. that you're working with. In nameology, you have no numbers, no math. Everybody says, oh, she's a math major, must have involved math. Absolutely none. <laughs> okay. But it's the placement of the letter in the name and what it's sitting next to. Because Cheryl, if you're sitting next to somebody you really enjoy, you're going to be chatty Kathy. But right. if you're sitting next to somebody you don't care for, you're quieter. Because you don't want to engage with them. Right. And so you learn all the letters and their purity, and then you learn how they interact and react to each other. And so that makes a big difference. For an example, um, a C says, and I have mnemonic devices for all of it, so I can remember it. So a C is charming and charismatic to cover their need to be in charge and in control. <laughs> okay. And then you have H, which is go with the flow. See where the river takes us. God's in charge. I just need to get in the river and go with where I'm taken. Okay. And I'm good with it. So now you put a C controlling next to an H, which is let go and let God. Can you see there's going to be a conflict? But the C-H in a name, whether it's in the middle of the name like a Michael or at the beginning like a Cheryl, simply means people do it the hard way because they're constantly going within saying, do I get in charge? Do I let go? What's the deal here? So they're constantly battling within themselves. So I need to be grateful that I have an S and not a C at the beginning of my name. Exactly. That's <laughs> why I said I love the name that you spelled it with an S-H. <laughs> and my mother was a Shirley and Cheryl comes from Shirley. And it was interesting. So from my reading, you started out with the gifts I got from each of my parents. And then you talked about the gifts I came in with. And then you talked about what you called the seven components, the soul wanted ex wanted to experience and you kind of explained that in a way that I also support in my belief system which is that the soul comes in to have experiences to better understand the wisdom that it already has so these Correct. incarnations are about experiencing things that I want to know experientially and not just the wisdom of and so it was really interesting what you pulled through for me 
Uh, I think you nailed it. You really did. I, I'm I'm very impressed with your system. And I was a bit skeptical, you know, because I'd never heard of it. So uh, I, I think I, it's pretty spot on. I think most people are skeptical at the beginning until they hear me start talking about them. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go, how did you know that? And a lot of people will go, are you psychic? And I think in my examples, I use my intuition, but I'm getting the facts from the letters. Right. I mean, you even nailed it about my psychic abilities and and how I wanted those to be different this time. You really told my story in some powerful ways, all the way down to I've shared on these shows before that mine was a path of learning through some sexual abuse. That was a big part of my childhood path. And you even brought that up. You said one of my seven things was that I came to learn through sex. And when you said that, I really about fell out of the chair. I was like, how could she know <laughs> that that has been such a big part? Because when you are a victim of sexual abuse, if, if you want to call it a victim, I'm, that's a whole, a whole thing of its own. But when you experience sexual abuse, you tend to become promiscuous yourself if it happens at a very young age because you equate that with what love feels like. So that leads you to then a whole lifetime of learning through sex. Is that love? Is that not love? What does that feel like love? What is love? What is sex? So that was really interesting that you pulled that out. What part of my name gave you that? I have to ask. Well, there's different parts of a name. There's always two or three ways that something can show up. Okay. And how it shows up is dependent on the letters around it. Okay. The most common way sexual that you're learning through sex is an ER combination. Okay. Anywhere in the name, anywhere in the name, first, middle, last, doesn't matter. It's an ER combination. And if it shows up more than once, then I start really looking at it because then the placement of where it shows up tells me whether they're quote unquote, what we consider a victim, because we don't know what the soul agreements are prior. Okay. Or they're a perpetrator or they're a date raper or, you know, how, right. or they, or they're just insatiable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, but all of that shows up in a name. And I always think if you have somebody that's insatiable, help them find somebody else that's insatiable. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, <laughs> Hey, go, Oh, you've got the right name for me. You know, <laughs> or if somebody is like, eh, I don't know about this. I like it once a week. I'm not sure. Then find somebody else whose name says a similar thing. Because I think in a long-term romantic relationship, that needs to be compatible. That's interesting. So as most listeners are aware, Mario Rosales is not just the founder creator of the show and the studio host, but he's also my life partner. And he's been my healing partner for this part of our lives. So I'm curious, you said you looked at our names. Do you see any red flags or do you see anything that's like, yay, they're going to make it or this is good for them or whatever? As long as Mario lets you express yourself without cutting you off, you can make it. Oh, no, he's <laughs> no, that hasn't been a problem. <laughs> no, he's quiet. Actually, I'm usually telling him to speak up. So and that's what we're saying. As long as he lets you talk and he doesn't cut you off and stop you from talking, everything's good. But if he <laughs> would cut you off and stop you from talking, then we'd be looking at problems. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened to my marriage. No, I'm not. We won't even go there. That's okay. (laughs) 
what, how has this most helped you? I mean, obviously there's got to be a million applications from romantic relationships to business partnerships to, uh, am I, am I marrying into a good name or a bad name? You spoke to me about my married name actually being of benefit to me that I kept it. So there must be a million ways you use this. Well, your last name represents who you're pulling to you, what kind of people you are pulling to you. Okay. So a lot of people will call and say, I'm getting married. Here's my maiden name. Here's my possible new last name. Which one do I want? And I don't want to make a decision for somebody. I look at it that I'm just going to give you information. You decide which, which side you like better. Right. You know, that this is what you have with your, with your birth name or your current name. And this is what you'll have with the new one. And then you decide which one looks better unless it'll give somebody three L's or more in their name, in their total name. If adding a name, let's say you have two L's in your name and then you add a new last name and now you've got three L's in your name or more. With three L's comes a lot of challenges. One is you can be misdiagnosed by your physician. So the minute you have three or more, you don't want to work with allopathic doctors unless you've broken a bone. You want to go to a naturopathic doctor because that way if they misdiagnose you, it does not affect you for the rest of your life where it can if you've got an allopathic doctor. And the reason for that is three L's or more say that you're either a victim of violence, a perpetrator of violence, or both. And you've got to look at the other letters in the name to see where you fall. That's really interesting because that reminds me that you did say that my father had that. And he actually let them take all of his teeth out without question. When they said, you know, your gums are so bad, you need to have every teeth in your head pulled out and we're going to give you dentures. And I remember being horrified when I heard that, when he came home and said, I'm having all my teeth out because I've got such bad gum disease. I'm like, do they hurt? Do you have, are you bleeding? What's going on? And, and he just went along with it. And so when you said that, I remembered that poor man getting all of his teeth pulled out. He had three L's. But you, you told me that two L's, like in mine, means I'm a good writer, a good... Yes, it means you have writing talent if the two L's are next to each other. Uh, well, they are in, in so far as it's the last letter of my first name and the first letter of my next first letter name. of your middle name. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So therefore, you know, like when you say, say the name, it kind of goes together. And so you have those two L's and it means you have writing talent Now you may have to develop it, but it's going to come a lot easier to you and you're going to be a lot better at it. Oh, he's just laughing over here. You guys can't hear Mario giggling over here. He hasn't stopped laughing since this started. <laughs> <laughs> But I you am know. oh I am concerned for him because he does have the three L's, I believe. Don't you have three L's? I think he does. Or I would have if I took his name or something. Yes, there was a red flag that went off there. He's got two. I would have three. So may not do the name if we keep hanging out, hun. <laughs> or you get rid of one of the L's. You spell it differently. Or oh. you spell one of the names a little differently. Like there is a man that came to me right when I was starting this. And he had three L's in his name. And I said... I, and because of the other letters in his name, I said, you're like a porcupine. You don't understand why people don't want to be around you. And they just pull back. And I said, it's because you've got this porcupine energy that everybody feels like you're getting, they're getting stuck and pushed and pinched and, you know, jabbed mm. when they're around you. And if we could get rid of one of those L's. So instead of the bill has the two L's and I said, you're not going to change it in the last name because it wouldn't be at all the same. I said, so why don't you just spell bill with one L? 
his life so changed. He made friendships. He got along <laughs> better with people. The porcupine spikes started going inside, you know, to disappear instead of coming out and poking everybody. And he just says, oh, my God, you'd never know that one L could make a difference. Wow, that is so interesting. Well, for example, so you told me that the good thing about holding on to my married name after my divorce was that the name Sits actually attracts experts to me. So I'm attracting experts, which has served me really well on this show. What is it in that name that gave you that? The T's like to be on top. Oh, okay. And the T's, you have T's in your name. It says that you'd rather be on top instead of on the bottom of something which I think is really interesting. If you look at a prolifera of names of CEOs of different companies, a ton of them have T's. However, it's an all or nothing thing. If they don't think they can be on top, they won't even go there. I give the example of there's a pool of there's a pool and they're either going to jump in and they're all or nothing, or they're not even going to put their toe in. You know, some of us would like to test the water first and see if it's agreeable. And some would like to walk in the steps. But with T's, you're either out of the water or you jump and you are fully in the water. Okay. And that's how they are with life. So what's fascinating to me is the only time you see people with a lot of T's in the middle is when they're on their way to the top. Because if they've jumped in, they're going for, they're going for all of it. <laughs> so it's in your, okay, or they don't jump in. So you look at people in jail. And you look at people that are CEOs, so <laughs> many T's, one extreme or the other. Okay. Then, and the rest of the letters will tell you which extreme they're going to. Okay. And it gives you good athletic ability or hand-eye coordination that can be used in art. You know, I mean, there's other things that come with a T, but my mnemonic device is T's are on top. That's really interesting because what I'm thinking about is that the entire, that was in the surname. So the entire family wants to be exactly. on top. And that is exactly the kinds of issues that challenged us in that partnership and in that family was everybody can't be on top. Well, you've got to be on top in different fields. Yes. You can't <laughs> be on top in the same field. Exactly. <laughs> you know? and, and parents that name their kids all with the same first letter, okay, they are literally saying, I want my kids to be competitive with each other instead of cooperative. Oh, that's interesting, because I know a few of those families. But if they have different letters, then they're more cooperative. But if they have the same letters, they're competitive. Wow. There's a lot to this. Yeah. So the essence of who you are in this lifetime is represented by your first name. What you brought with you from wherever we are before we're born whether it was a past life or whether it was an in-between life or wherever we are, what you brought with you is in the middle name, if you have one. And then I'll tell you a, a minute what it means if you don't have one. And then your last name is your environment. So you have both nature, which is the first name, and nurture, which is the last name. So one of the things you learn to do is drop the first name and the last name and see your influence from the people around you. And then I do a comparison thing in a reading that I usually start with, um, which is what you mentioned, what you gained from having your mom, what you gained from having your dad. I always think it's important to know why would your soul pick this person for to be your mother and this person to be your dad, especially because we look at our parents differently than we do to all other people on the earth. Okay. And so I think it's very important to know why your soul puts you in that situation. And a lot of times we can go through and say, 
this was a challenge for you, but because this was a challenge, because they did this thing you didn't really care for, you became like this, you know, or you liked this and so you copied it. And the majority of people I give a reading for, even though I only spend a few minutes on both parents, really are able to look at their parents differently. And even if they didn't like their parents, because there's plenty of times I look at the names and I go, well, you like what you learned from them, but you didn't like their modality. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't like what you had to get through to get to it. So, but it gives an understanding and helps see our parents as people that go through the same things we go through. Yes. I mean, they're they're real people. (laughs) I'm intrigued to bring up the people that have absent parents. I think it would be very interesting for them to sit with you and learn about what effect that parent's name had on them, even if the parent wasn't present in their life, having a parent with that name would have had some influence over them, right? Whether it's the DNA that they got. Yes. And it'll show up in the name if they're going to be an absent parent. Oh, really? Yes. Because some people came in because they wanted to rear themselves. Yes. They didn't want that parental influence. Yes. You know, but they wanted the DNA. Because maybe from that parent, they got this athletic, gorgeous body, but the one they wanted to rear them had a short, squatty body, but they liked the personality better, (laughs) you know, but they wanted that body from over there. So they come in over there and then they get adopted over here. Interesting. You know, there's a reasons for all of it. And you watch the patterns and the names and you go, oh, this is what the soul's doing. So for a child that was actually given up at birth for adoption that wasn't named, do you ever talk to anyone with that scenario? Is there anything yes. that comes through for yes. that? And, That's me, by some, the way, just to give it away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it's whatever is the first name that goes on that birth certificate tells your told your total life story, what your soul came to do. And the seven component parts that make up your overall piece. So like you said, there's seven subsections. And that way, you know specifically what they are. And you know that if you accomplish those seven tasks, you've met your overall purpose. I always think, how do I know if I'm meeting the purpose that I came here for? You know, where's my handbook that came with me when I got born? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, But your name is your handbook. It's your blueprint. And so that way you'll know, are you hitting those areas that your soul wanted more experience in or are you not? So I want to give away that you did my seven, which were people skills, staying focused, keeping commitments, uh, not putting myself where it doesn't serve me, learning through sex, expressing my emotions, don't rescue, teach them to fish instead of giving them a fish kind of thing. And what you, after the whole conversation, what you summed it up as my life overall purpose is to serve others without diminishing myself. And that so well describes the life path that I've walked. And I have to say that from being given away at birth, there was this whole insecurity thing. So I tended to self-sacrifice. And then you showed me where my parents kind of helped me with both sides of that so that I had a better leg up as I then went out into the world. It painted a really amazing picture for me being this far along in my life to look back and see all of those factors involved and how it did help me to learn that beautiful gift so I, it's a really powerful thing to have a reading like this. Well, thank you. That You know, I look at it, uh, I was, my mom was into psychics and whatnot, and, and I soon learned by the time I was 13 
that don't give me a thing for my birthday or Christmas or a holiday. Give me a reading. <laughs> you know, I don't want a thing. I want a reading. I want to learn more. And I was into reading biographies and I read biographies all through, even starting in elementary school. And my idea was even coming in was if I can read about other lives that are famous and people did things well, but to see where their mistakes were, I knew what mistakes I didn't want to make. I could learn from their errors and go on. And just like your spouse and me both have the same thing in our names that says at the end of the day, we could do 96 things right. But if we did four things wrong, we would obsess with it and go, <laughs> how did I make those mistakes? What do I have to do differently not to make that mistake next time? You know, we're constantly self-looking at self-improvement, you know, and, and we don't see, woohoo, I got 96 today. We're going, yeah. oh my God, I missed four. How did that happen? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's where the focus is. And so I think it's really important to know why we do that. You know, why would somebody with a CH do things the hard way? You know, and I see that struggle between the C and the H, but I also know that it helps their memory. If it comes too easy for them, they forget. And the next time it comes around, they go, all I remember is it was really easy. Now, how did I do that? And then they waste the whole day trying to figure it out again instead of just doing it and doing it a different way. <laughs> but if they do it hard the first time, then they go, oh my gosh, I remember that. That was miserable. Well, this time I'm going to change it and make it a little easier, you know, but it helps their memory. And so there's different letters like, for an example, D's. People that have D's in their name often will tell me the whole reading was worth it just to learn about the D. <laughs> so a D's mean clutter. And they can have everything nice and neat all around them. And in no time, it's all clutter again. And you go, what's the deal? And it doesn't matter where that D lies in their name. So, or then they can eventually, depending on the letters in their name, they become the neat freaks. You know, they go from one extreme to the other. But the reason they have clutter is because their brains don't turn on. It's like they, you have a key to the ignition in your car and you've got to have the key to turn on the, the ignition. Well, clutter turns on the is the key that turns on the ignition to the brain and gets it going. And if you know that, you can have one area, one drawer, one closet, one small area that's clutter. The rest of the place can be neat. And you know that every morning when you want to turn on your brain, you go look at the clutter because your brain immediately starts saying, oh, I need to clean up that clutter. And what do I need to do? Uh, hello, the brain's working. Now I can go do something else. <laughs> That is so helpful to know, not only if you have a D in your name, but if you happen to live with someone with a D in their name yes. and you're always on them to clean up the mess or whatever. That's helpful. Right. They need to have their mess in their area. I, I used to say for my son, your bedroom door is the line. You can live in as much mess as you need, but it doesn't cross this line to get into the rest of the house because mom can't handle it. Yes. Exactly. But obviously you need it because you keep creating it. You don't know what a drawer is or a bookshelf. Everything's on the floor <laughs> or it's on top of the counter. And I said, so it's your, and, and it got so bad for a while. This is all before I figured out these letters and, it, you know, I was in the process of figuring out and I hadn't gotten to those yet. And it got so bad with him that I said, you know, you can't open the door sometime. There's so much clutter and stuff behind the door. And if there was an emergency because you got sick or there was a fire or whatnot, we couldn't get in. We're taking valuable time. So I literally took the door off the room. And I said, when it's clean around the door area, I'll put the door back on. <laughs> but as long as it's messy, 
this is a, a, a trap, a trouser, you know, it's, it's awful. So, and it took like six to eight months before he was ready to have the door, you know, back on. But, you know, it's like how I look back and I think, I don't know if that was the right way to deal with that or not. And yet I was very concerned I wouldn't be able to get in. Yeah. You and know? that's a valid and concern. And I didn't understand the D yet, or I would have said, <laughs> keep it a mess in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> keep the mess. Look every morning. First thing you get up, go to the closet, look at it, you know? <laughs> Well, Sharon, this is all such helpful information and the time just flies. I knew it would once we connected. I like to wrap things up by asking my guest if they have a parting thought. So given everything that's going on in the world today and all the gifts and talents that you bring, is there something you'd like to share with us? You know, one of the four agreements is not to take things personally. And when you can see somebody's name and what it means, and my books teach that, you know, or you can take the classes online at any time because we just recorded me teaching them. Um, But if you can see how that name interacts, then you understand why that person does what they do. And it's so easy then not to take it personally because you go, oh yeah, that's that letter acted up. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's that combo. (laughs) We get it. And then we're not affronted and it's so much easier to do in those four agreements, the one that says, don't take things personally. I love that. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. I can tell you've done this before. You're so comfortable just chatting with us. So thank you for reaching out and for all that you offer. Again, we can find all your things on your website. Are your classes on your website as well? Yes. You just go to the services page and you can sign up for a reading and it tells you how long a reading, what you get in that amount of time, because I can talk on somebody's name and what I see in the name for up to two hours. And so it's like what piece of information you get in, in which time zone. And then um, classes are on there. The books, the least expensive place to buy my books is on my website because I pretty much sell them for just the cost over the publisher's price. Wonderful. And all of that is at knowthename.com. Yes. Thank you, Sharon. Yes. I was just going to say, if somebody's driving or they can't write it down right now and later on they go, oh, I got to remember that name. I need to know the name. You'll go, oh, that was it. Know the name. Of course, you have a mnemonic way of remembering that as well. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you for joining us, whether you're joining our video or whether you're joining our audio cast. We really appreciate you. Let us know what you thought and check out Sharon's work. It's a lot of fun. We'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.